Welcome to Streaming Quick Thoughts, where we give our quick thoughts on trending topics. My name is Nathan. And I'm Daniel. Welcome to our podcast. So, Daniel, a couple weeks ago, we reviewed Snowpiercer the movie with Chris Evans in preparation for the launch of Snowpiercer TV. That's right. That's right. And it's been couple of episodes for the tv series since it's come out five episodes out right now have you been able to catch up on any of them i have i've seen three episodes so far i have to say so far i'm really digging the show i was a little bit surprised with the pilot episode coming in as a cop show of all things yes i was very surprised that this turned out to be a murder mystery show i was not expecting that i was expecting the series to be more like in the movie more centered around the revolution, which it is. That's the bigger plot line is that. But, you know, the... The episodic arcs. Yeah, are all about the trying to solve the murder and all that stuff. In some ways, I kind of like that because they made the train quite a bit bigger than the movie. Yes, way bigger. 1,001 cars, 3,000 people, I think they said. Yeah, it was insanely big. In the movie, you really got a sense that this was a train. This one, some of the set pieces, like the drawers, you have that very narrow hallway and the rest of that upper level being the drawers, right? Yes. But then in other ones, like especially the third class and the night car section, those cars seem like way bigger than what you would see as a train car. Yes, I mean, in comparison to the train in the film, this is massive in terms of the amount of stuff that is in there. I mean, they have like shipping container style rooms in in one of those cars and it's just crazy. That seems a bit inconsistent to me on how they did the set design on these. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like some of the cars were really big, like the tail section, for example, based on every other car that we've seen as you move on from the third class to the second class to first class yes if all trains are essentially the same the tail section seems way smaller way more cramped than anything else yes absolutely that's i mean the way that they have the tail section it seems like singular level normal train with you know bunks on either side and a narrow walkway down the middle what you would normally see in a train right but then you go beyond the train you have the upper train you have the lower train they have a lower train courier system yeah i mean the tail end of the train is way more representative of what we saw in the 2013 film other things difference between the film and the tv show that i want to touch on no oompa loompas no oompa loompas so far that's true they actually made the whole train for regular sized humans as opposed to (laughs) the film which was more built for oompa loompas (laughs) One thing I did want to touch on, though, was Chris Evans' confession at the end of the Snowpiercer movie. Oh, the, I'm a cannibal, technically. I know what people taste like. Exactly, yes. That was, like, such a hard thing for him, like, something that traumatized him, something that he was, like, cursed to live with. Yes. I'm all the way through episode five, so I apologize if I'm jumping ahead of where you're at with episode three. In this one, someone makes a comment about, well, I know the rumors of the tail eating people but we don't do that up here yeah and he's like proud of eating the people when he does that confession it didn't sound like pride to me to me it sounded more like oh yeah we had to do whatever it took to survive it wasn't pretty but whatever y'all heard you know he was more trying to emphasize no it's real bad back there you don't even want to know what we did in the tail in order to survive you all have it so much better up here and I think that's what he was trying to emphasize. I mean, that might have been the emphasis he was trying to give, but he sounded proud about it when he was confessing that whole murder cults and 
everyone ate a piece of the heart so no one could say that they were better than someone else. And Which kind of speaks to the direction of this series, right? In comparison to the film, to play that version of this character as opposed to in the film where it was more like, I can't believe we did that. That was the most horrifying thing we've had to do. But he was more like, yeah, we did it. So what? <laughs> <laughs> The one thing I do appreciate about this, it's probably required because they did know they were doing a series that they're probably hoping to get multiple seasons out of. The film was focused very much on the revolution, bring down the class system, destroy the train, move on. This one has that element with the tale wanting better circumstances and always talking about revolution, trying to make plans for the revolution. But the actual show is dealing with the inter-politics and the drama. The tales wanting to move up to third class, third class want to move up to second class, second class want to move up to first class. First class passengers being willing to give up their first class status just on the thrill of the risk of maybe losing their first class status. It's all the political and the drama interaction between these different groups that I think is making it for a better overall story arc. Yes. Not to mention the facade of Mr. Wilford, right? That adds a whole nother layer to it. Yeah, she totally accidentally put the W upside down, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I remember pointing that detail out and thinking, wow, that's actually a really subtle but really cool detail that they put in the TV series. I kind of wonder about that. Like, what happened to Mr. Wilford? Because someone makes a comment of him being in a bio-sealed chamber. Right. So I was like, is he actually in the train still and just otherwise not available? Or did something happen to him in the early days? leaving just his engineers who are driving the train and his hospitality concierge to make life continue. There's also the possibility that he is in one of those stasis pods, for example, and he gave very explicit instructions to Melanie to carry out his will in his absence. I sure want your opinion on those stasis pods, but there's a bit of a reveal coming up that you haven't got to yet. Oh, I can't wait to find out more about those. Definitely. Also, can I point out another really cool detail on the series so far that I've noticed, specifically about Detective Andrew Layton, played by David Diggs. If you notice, every time he's offered food, he's never really turned it down. Yes. Can you really blame him? He's been living for six years on human hearts and <laughs> protein bars. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which is another thing. They introduced sending messages from further up in the train to the tails in the protein bars. In the film, right? Yes. No, no, in the series. This might be episode four, so I apologize if I'm jumping ahead of you again. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. So on that aspect, the film was 17 years in, and this is only six years in. It is kind of nice that they are holding true to the world people might have known and expected in the movie and are kind of showing you this is how these things started. Yes, exactly. I also like the passing of the little microchips too. That was also another really cool exchange of goods and services essentially what those chips are is access i mean that's what the whole episode was it's rfid chips to determine where you are in the passenger list how far up in the train you can get that's what those chips are all about i think that overall though this series is way more fleshed out than it is in the film and i understand that with the film you know you have time constraints and all that stuff so you you know you have to divert your focus 
on the story and the characters and not so much on the environment as far as making it bigger and grander. And in this series, because you have, I don't know, however many episodes are going to do, but that already gives you more time than five films <laughs> combined. <laughs> Although I still have to say, surviving the apocalypse, train still does not seem like a good plan to me. It's a way terrible plan. They should do what they did in the day after tomorrow and just hunker down in the New York City library and just wait it out. Now, you got to the cattle car, right? Yes. The butchers? Yes, I did. Now, did you notice what actually caused the windows to crack? Yeah. He just bumped his freaking knife or something or whatever tagging thing it was onto the glass and it cracked. No, it's a bolt gun. Oh, was it a bolt gun? Yeah, he was going up to kill a cow where they put that bolt gun against the cow's head and drive a bolt into the brain. Oh. That hit the window and he accidentally set it off into the window. Oh, that's what it was. Because at first I thought, oh, he just bumped the thing and he cracked? That's nothing. Why would it build glass like that? But now this makes much more sense. <laughs> yeah, so I did appreciate that where they had this extinction level event and major catastrophe, but it made sense why this one instance, it would have gone off and cracked the window, even if it's not normally a situation that would happen. It seems to me like that's an engineering problem. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't make the glass more bulletproof? Right. Although I, we did speculate on the TV show based on the trailer during our Snowpiercer episode that maybe Melanie Cavill, Jennifer Connelly, the hostess concierge, maybe she was lying to them about the temperature outside. Right. But even with the cold air blowing in, you wouldn't get the same instant freeze wind chill factor I mean, it would still get a little bit of wind chill because air would be rushing in and throughout the cabin, but it wouldn't be as bad. So I think maybe they are being serious about it, non-wind chill factor being negative 116. I mean, being that this is the sixth year into the catastrophe, I would imagine that it was still cold. In the film, they were able to get away from that because it had been 18 years since the catastrophe. So you had that time for the effects of that chemical that was dispersing to the atmosphere to have withered down over time. I imagine that it's kind of that explanation. So yeah, I mean, they do seem to be legit, terrible world. And well, I don't think we will see that rebellion where the six people actually got off the train and only made it like 100 feet from the train before they froze to death. I don't think we'll necessarily see that in this one. But in substitute of that, seeing that cattle car freeze is showing how dangerous it is outside of the train yeah exactly i mean that was basically instant and i understand why they went in that direction they couldn't have gone in a similar direction as the film right they had to differentiate themselves a bit with that otherwise if there was just another thing that they're trying to hide it would just kind of distract from whatever it is that they're trying to do within the train itself as far as story you don't want to put too many things that we're going to reveal this thing too and oh wait you thought that was the whole thing no there's more and it's crazier it's like there's only so many big crazy reveals you can have before it gets a little tiring but overall i mean they kept the frozen arms they kept the protein bars looking like this weird green jello stuff yeah exactly so aside from the question of what's going on with mr wilford they are keeping rather true as a prequel to the movie absolutely i think that they're doing a great job so far with this series which brings us to our tldl why don't we Give our closing thoughts on what we think so far of Snowpiercer. Too long, didn't listen. So, Daniel, 
Snowpiercer TV or Snowpiercer movie? Which one comes out on top for you? Oh, man. You know, both of these have their own unique things that they bring to the table. I have to say, you know, I was very skeptical after episode one. I thought, okay, all right, not bad. Show me more. And then I saw more and I was actually pretty impressed. I am put those both on the same level. Seriously. Yeah, I started off with episode one. To be fair, I started with episode one when only episode one was available. It didn't really catch me to come back next week. It wasn't until five episodes were out and I watched them in sequence. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is getting better. I'm liking where this is going. On that point... I think the TV series, as long as it can maintain this momentum, maintain this drama, and maintain the consistency between what they showed in the movie and what they're doing in the show now, I could see myself watching this for several seasons, and when they go to wrap it, go back and rewatch the 2013 movie with Chris Evans as a conclusion to the whole arc. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I'd say that. I mean, the show's visceral, it's dark, and it's got great drama and great storyline. Seriously, guys, if anybody's thinking this might not be a good show it is check it out this has been streaming quick thoughts be sure to follow us on facebook at streaming thoughts podcast and on twitter at streaming geek this has been nathan and this has been daniel thank Thank you for for listening. listening